everyone. Welcome to our third episode of Two Biscuits. You're here with your host, Biscuit One, and with me, Biscuit Two. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And today's episode is C. C is for Creaky Knees. And we thought we'd discuss <laughs> with you today all the weird body things that we sort of just live with that, you know, I feel like we should discuss more often because I... You know, I think they are universal experiences, or at least shared by a lot of people, but they're just something that isn't now. So we've got some of our favorites, and we thought we'd talk to you about them today. Okay, cello. So no surprise, the first one that we wanted to bring up is <clears throat> my very creaky knees. Like, when I say creaky knees, I mean like old man knees. I mean like ungreased, super rusted, and some sort of mechanics on old ass robot stuck in a basement somewhere type of creaky knees. I mean, people, let me tell you, I've heard it, and it sounds like something's being disconnected from something. It doesn't sound right. Her knees are hella creaky. Basically, every time I, like, squat or kneel down or sit, they go, like, crack. Like, they make a, a crack noise. Feel free to check out our Instagram, shameless plug, at TubistickWithTeen, to hear exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. But I wanted to, to share with you some of the creaky meat stories that I have. And I think the most scarring one that um, I will expose today is me at the mosque. So I am not the most religious biscuit in the world. I shame, shame, shame. She, she shames me, but you know, no surprise. <laughs> I feel like you could guess. I feel like you're just listening to me, you can guess. Anyway, it's not my point. So at the mosque, for those who don't know, you sort of pray like standing shoulder to shoulder with the other people at the mosque. This is obviously a pre-COVID invention, but let's just pretend we're living in olden times. So you pray shoulder to shoulder. And when you pray the mosque, like as a Muslim, there is a point where you go from a standing position to a kneeling position to a position where you're bowing with your head on the floor. And obviously that transition requires the bending of knees. So if you can imagine, the mosque is dead quiet. Like, the, the prayers are being said by one person, but in between... Yeah, I was going to say, right, it's like, yeah. is it generally quiet or, like, are prayers over, like, a loudspeaker so you can mask your knees? Like, how is it? So the way it works, like, when you're in each position, like, usually you're praying internally. Like, you are saying the things yourself in your head because if all of you were praying out loud, it would be a whole mess because you don't mm. necessarily always do it at the same time. Right. But even when, even when, like, the prayers are guided, there are pauses for you to move positions, right? Like, like they allow you ah. to switch from one to the next. And the silence that fills the position from standing <laughs> to kneeling is aggressively quiet, especially when you're praying someone will make a noise. And all you hear, all you hear is me just bending down and then just like, crack. <laughs> just the most obnoxious, broken knee noise. And like, because there's so many people, like people like three or four rows down, they'll hear a crack, they'll be like, yeah, someone, someone made a crappy noise, but they'll have no idea who it is. But then you're also praying shoulder to shoulder with people, which means that the women to your like left and right know exactly they know. who it is. They know. And obviously, like, they I don't know. know if like creaky knees is a topic of gossip at the mosque. I don't spend enough time there. <laughs> but if anybody did want to publicly shame me, that would be 100% the right thing to do. Because like, you know this bitch? She can't even sit down quietly. So, yes. She um, can't even pray quietly. She can't even pray quietly. Like, yeah. Like, Damn, I say I'm not religious. I don't go to the mosque because, like, 
I don't believe maybe it. this is Dogma. why you're not inclined. Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. It's not even it's not even a religious thing because I'm truly embarrassed to pray in public because I am noisy. <laughs> like on an entirely different note, my my original goal as a child, like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, mm-hmm. a, like a super spy or like a ninja. That would be my thing. But I mean, for obvious reasons, I had to give up. I think, yeah. But if you can't squat quietly, like, who's going to hire a creaky ninja? I think you might just get walked out of the interview. Is there, is there so like, can you, I don't know, maybe there's a secret ninja school and they can interview imagine, people. Oh my God, can you imagine ninja interviews, like how that would go down? It's like, okay, try and kill that person without me knowing. If you win, like if you if you succeed, you get the job. If you fail, you're dead. No problem. It's, it's actually really good that way. You'll never have yeah. information leaks. I wonder how Kim Possible got her job. Oh, haven't you seen your origin story of Kim Possible? No, I haven't. They went. To, I think they were they were like trying to like type in some guy was like in mad danger and he was like trying to type in like impossible. I think there was like Team Impossible or something with like a group of like professionals. Mm-hmm. who dealt with it but he accidentally typed in Kim Possible like the cheerleader's website who also runs a babysitting business so once ah. he got the call to like hey can you come help me out she showed up and I think there was like a like a laser field she had to go through please correct me if I'm wrong at world but she just she just showed up and she like stole the other person's job because it's like a typo and then he shared it with all his other clients or whatever and then she became an international uh, That's amazing client referral. This is amazing. Right, yeah. Okay, I'm also... All by accident. I'm going to go look the up. Damn. So right. what is the solution then to your creaky needs? Like, have right, you ever right. found one? Right. So, like, this has been a lifelong problem. It's a lot of, like, oh, she's obese or, oh, she's unfit. I promise, man. I've, I've exercised. I've tried. I've tried to, like, get in shape. But, um, yeah, none of that works. So, you know, what does any adult woman do when faced with a problem she cannot handle? She asked her mom, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Mommy knows best. Mommy knows best. So I went to her. I was like, Mom, my knees are loud. Can you please fix this? She probably, though, she's probably stood next to you at prayer. She probably already knew. Yeah, I know you, but like, these moms, like, they, they accept you for who you are, right? Like, yeah, they always want you to be a better person, but like, She's like, and get better grades. Exactly. But, like, my child is creepy. That was one of the things she expected. (laughs) Okay. So, it was never, like, a huge issue. So, it's like, okay, fine, mom, please. You hear my knees. I feel like this is going to be, like, a health issue moving forward. I only have so much knee. It's grinding against each other. (laughs) Can you please help me? And, and of course, proper Daisy wisdom. I was given, like, oh, if you are having joint issues, you need lubrication. And the best lubrication is key. Yeah. <laughs> the one solution to so many problems. If so, it's good um, enough for your rotis, it's good enough for your knees, man. I think, could I get that on a t-shirt? So I will make yeah. you a personalized one. Perfect. I'll wear that to the mosque, like, underneath my, my clothing. No one can actually see it, but I'll know. I'll know. I'll know. Anyway, so, yes, I have now started a ghee regimen. Basically, I eat more ghee than I originally planned on eating. And uh, one of a few things could happen. Either, like, one, it works and my knees are fixed. Or, two, it doesn't work and then my knees are still crazy, but now I'm also really fat. So, so you only please. consume the ghee? You're not rubbing it on your knees? No, because it has to lubricate from the inside, right? Like, Ghee on the outside would be like dry skin ghee, but I'm like I'm like my joints don't fit together properly. So like, how do you fix it on the inside? It's ghee. I think you should go to all these like South Asian grocery stores and pitch yourself. And like, look, 
Yeah, I yeah. have creaky knees. I cannot be the only person in the world with creaky knees. Mm-hmm. If you can fix my problem with your product, you know how much ghee you could sell to loud ads? Exactly. Exactly. You're going to replace the Bollywood chicks on the billboards back back in India. I'm telling you. So, I mean, I relate with, like, a weird body thing. Speaking of, like, a religious setting, um, again, I am very much like you. I, I'm not so religious as I am motivated by food. For all you listeners out there, I am born a Hindu, but I'm one of those Hindus that goes to the temple when I know what kind of prashad is being served. Because if it's the Matai that I like, you bet your ass I'm turning it <laughs> So I what's go to weddings difference? and other... Literally, what's the difference between you and, like, a dog? It's literally just, like, motivated by food. Will you follow me for oh, a yeah. God? It's like, yes, if you give me the right Matai. Like, if you give me the right Matai. Like, oh, and there God. are temples that I know make better Matai. So I'm, like, I will drive 20 minutes out of my way to go to the better temple. Not yeah, for anything other than the Matai. That might be the saddest kid thing I've ever heard. Just like, <laughs> I know I rank my temples by the Matai they serve. I won't pray there unless I know <laughs> Yeah, so basically, when you're sitting at these temples and all you're thinking about is at the end of this ceremony, this puja for some god, some festival, some ceremony, I'm going to get myself some Matai. You're sitting there in probably a really nice silver kameez or a sari. I often turn up in sorry just because I love wearing them and you're sitting on the ground and you're cross-legged once in a while your feet go numb your legs go numb whatever but the real <laughs> problem the real issue that happens is the damn wedgie invariably oh you get a wedgie at a temple oh, it's so yes. awkward it's yeah it's, it's painful it's uncomfortable and like, how do you deal with a like a wedgie publicly like you're obviously not sitting somewhere where you aren't being watched right like i feel like you're yeah. sort of set up as a mosque there's aunties next to yeah. all the time everywhere aunties uncles babies walking around and like waddling while the priest is going on about something and you're all facing the the altar, so everyone else is behind you. And even if you're all the way at the back, you know that there's some teenagers sitting way, way at the back texting on their phones, so they can see you anyway. Um, so I've had to, over the years, finesse my way out of a wedgie, and I've come up with a few tips and tricks that I do. Ooh, so okay. The art of unwedgie yeah. with this tip, too. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, the art of unwedgie. All right, so... One of the first things that I do is I turn around um, and I pretend to have heard someone like tap my shoulder, call my name or like pretend to have felt someone tap my shoulder. I'm like, oh, did you call me? And I very, I think gracefully, it's probably awkwardly play with my hair and like, I like so look like, back and everyone else is distracted. They're like, what is she looking at? Oh, look, look. Ah, so it's like, a, it's like a diversion. It's like, look here. And then you like steal people's wallets, but you're just, you're just trying to like protect your dignity. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, or there's like some type of diversion where I kid you not one time, um, the a bangle of mine was really loose and I let the bangle like fall on the oh floor my like, God. next to an auntie and she like went over to pick it up and while she was doing that I like finessed real quick and I was like oh oh yeah thanks auntie thanks for my bangle I'm unwedged now it's good I feel like if you ever use your powers for like becoming a con woman you'd be dangerous I think so I think I should try it okay guys I where if anyone drops a bangle near you they're either going to steal your stuff or they're about to or, <laughs> you know 
it happens. And I mean, some wedgies have gotten so bad that I've had to literally be like, okay, there's five minutes till this puja ends, which means I have five minutes until every auntie in the place is queuing up for the washroom. I swear, like washroom lines at the temples and at the clubs are the exact same. <laughs> They're, it's ridiculous. It's uncanny. Just maybe less drunk girls, but I sometimes think, doubt do you that. Do think it's like a function of the temple? Or do you think it's just like a function of women going to bathrooms? I feel like anywhere there's a group of, a large enough group of women and a limited enough amount of bathrooms, it's the same. Yeah. Situation. But it's also our herd mentality. We all feel the need to go to the bathroom together. Well, she's going to be yeah. like, it's like a yawn, except more uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, five minutes before the puja ends, you like just head out and you can pick your wedgie in peace in the washroom. And then you like fix your lip gloss, make sure your hair is looking nice because uh, there are cute boys at the temple. Ah, uh, yes. The actual reason yeah. to go there for sweets and sweeties, obviously. Sweets and sweet. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but I do have to admire the shamelessness of aunties who just do it. They just publicly pick their wedgies. And they know, don't care. I guess, I guess, like, if everyone's living through this wedgie nightmare, you can't really blame anybody. Like, you know, like, you feel their pain. It's like, girl, I have the exact same one right now. Like, at least one of us is now in a better place. Right? right. But I think as much as I admire the aunties for doing it, yeah, the men, the uncles who do it, oh, my God. They, not only do they do it shamelessly, First of all, they're using their dominant hand, which nine times out of ten is going to be their right hand. So they're mm-hmm. unpicking their wedgies from their salvar kameez bottoms. Yep. Yeah. Then they're Visual. shaking other. Yep. And then they shake every other man's hand. They like tap every child on the shoulder and be like hello, beta. And then to boot the icing onto the top of all of this, they take the mitai, like the prashad, with their right hand. That was just picking at their bum. I don't think God's too happy about that. No, okay. Well, um, that was a that was an awful mental image. Thank you. I just like lived through that experience. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, know. I can I hear you like, cringing. Thank you. Yeah. After I feel like you reach a certain point, maybe a certain age or a certain like point in your life, you just like honestly fuck with anyone else. I'm gonna pick my wedgie and then I'm gonna go on and live my life. And technically, because like at this point, they are wedgie free. They're having the tie, and the only one that's struggling again is you. So. In this situation, I feel like they're the winners, and like the, everyone else is just like suffering quietly because like, what can you even tell an uncle? Like, no, put that back in there. That was gross. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that I'm just like wedgie salty? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I feel like I think you so. Know what? You know, we should add to your list like just like a nuclear option. Just just yeah. go commando. Like, forget the underwear. If it's gonna be such a big hassle, like don't even don't even bother. Okay, can I tell you something though? You you fully do it, don't you? I so do it. I do it all the time. And hear me out. A sari is a six-meter piece of cloth wrapped around. I love wearing a sari, but even me, like a sari lover, has to admit, it's a faff to put on and take off and go to the bathroom in and everything. If I can have one step less, a.k.a. I'm not putting on underwear, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I know... Just objectively, there's nothing wrong with not wearing underwear. It just feels something like very sacrilegious about walking into a temple commando. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it felt really like holy crap. I the, thought I was going to burn. Discussion between you and God, but obviously he let you out of the temple <laughs> without like catching fire. So 
me going commando is probably just as sacrilegious as it is to drive 20 minutes out of my way for the better matize. You know what I mean? Basically, your big is in squad in hell, and we're just going to roll with Basically. I'm going to stay on the topic of underwear. I'm just going to switch. So, yeah, uh-huh. I get wedgies, but let me let me air out my grievances about camel toe. Oof. Okay. The most inconvenient place for cloth to get stuck. That's, like, visually upsetting. Like, the wedgie, you see the upset when you pick it but like otherwise it's a you problem right like the wedgie is something you know of unless I guess like your mm. dress gets all up there but a camel toe that's a problem you share with the world like everyone mm-hmm. is part of that situation with you so women for whatever reason are supposed to wear a lot of tight clothing right like I guess like oh it's sexy pop blah 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 whatever you look good in it and like leggings have been making a massive like like trying this as pants so there's like casual leggings but then the whole onset of like athleisure and like going to the gym it's all leggings 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 and the tighter they get the sexier they look and like they're all compression and stuff but that means they're literally all up in your junk and it's just like here is a perfect silhouette of every single part of my body and they don't show you this stuff when they advertise it to you right like I, I recently got hooked onto like a bunch of leggings sales so I was like, looking at the models I was like yeah she looks like me yeah hold up hold up you're telling me you went shopping gasp i'm shocked color me shocked you went shopping yeah full disclosure everybody listening from last week or last time's episode to to this recording i've received at least five more packages in the mail so oh good I don't grief. Think, yeah i don't think that credit card issue is like a is like a december thing i might be like a lifelong uh, pain point but hey glossing so. over that Back to my, my first issue, okay, camel toe. Let's focus on the problem at hand here. So all these yes. models, these legging models, they all look flawless. Like everything looks like completely clean lines, whatever, whatever. And it's like, oh, I want to look like that. So I buy it and I wear it. And then all of a sudden, it's there. It's like, have you ever had this problem? Is this is this something that like is just like a me issue? No, no. This is, I, I totally feel you. Um, and I do things to actively avoid this problem as much as I can. So I, all my leggings that I own, except for one pair are black because I'm like, if I wear black and even if I have camel toe, um, you might not see it. Like, you know, black camouflage is shit. I also, going back to the commando thing, I don't wear underwear with leggings for the purpose of panty lines and camel toe. You're kind of just anti-underwear. You heard it here first. Kind of. If you ever see her in public, she's probably not wearing underwear. So yes, I've also been looking for solutions. I don't know if I'd ever go so far to not wear underwear to the gym, but you are a braver woman than I am. <laughs> I was looking for other ways to, to, to fix this problem. And I went to the internet, as we are often want to do. And I was like, how do I get rid of my camel toe when I wear leggings? And then obviously every solution has already been thought of because introducing camel toe underwear okay are you kidding me and like it actually exists in both versions right so it exists in the version that like you can get rid of your camel toe so it's basically if you can imagine it's like underwear with like extra padding at the crotch so the underwear itself hides the shape of your hoo-ha and then your leggings just like cover the underwear as it is so you've got like a nice smooth frontal so it's like barbie Exactly. It's like, how do you look like you have no genitals? And, and again, like, that's basically the look I'm going for, but I don't know if I'm prepared to buy just like crotch padding underwear. Because, like, you know, with the onset of like butt padding underwear and like other padded like bras, I'm like, oh, I really don't want to, do I want to pad a crotch? Like, do I really want to like pull on accept it? But 
I also came across the other version of camel toe underwear, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's like underwear with pronounced camel toe. Like, it's yeah, the people who are like, here, look more. Look closely. What do you see? <laughs> Lines and bumps where really the rest of us are like, please, I don't want it. So, yes, there is camel toe underwear out for every single type of person, the ones who want it and the ones who don't, just depending on uh, on uh, what you like. So, basically, you're telling me that there is underwear out there that, like, this vivid image just popped into my head. Do you remember watching Pan's Labyrinth? I have never seen that because I'm afraid of horror movies, but please continue. Okay. But basically, I think what you're, t- like, the second class of people you're talking about is, like, David Bowie in that film. His pants were so tight, and it was, like, what is the male equivalent of camel toe? Whatever it is. It was just, like, all of David Bowie's junk was just there <laughs> on screen. Oh, my gosh. Just, like, covered in extremely tight pants. Like, you knew what size it was, which way it swung, like, everything was just there. There. Sometimes you just got to rock it, man. You know, I like, I well, I I haven't watched the movie, but I feel like I have. Thank you for that walk. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, you're, you're honestly, sometimes you just got to rock it. It's like those aunties at the, at the puja. Like, if you're going to take your underwear, you may as well just be like, here, no surprises. There. I have. I have lady parts. Sometimes they show in my clothes. Okay. I feel like it's the same vibe with nipples. You know, it's like, yep, they're there. Or like bra straps. It's like, oh, you're wearing a bra. It's like, yes, yes, oh, I am. Shame. You've yeah. covered a great secret that I've been keeping from the entire male population my whole life. Yes. You were the one to uncover it. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, why buy padded underwear where you could just make everybody uncomfortable? Exactly. <laughs> Go to the gym, make them uncomfortable. At least then, if they're uncomfortable, you'll get the weight rack to yourself. That's you know what? Mad true. And you here, bottom line, bottom line though, like consent is key, right? If I want to show <laughs> yes. off every single inch of the bottom half of my body, I will, but I want to decide when and where. You know, uh-huh. like, and maybe, maybe there are some instances where I want to do it, but you know what? That part, that part, don't tell mommy. Two biscuits.